Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Microphone on. All right, we're ready to rock. Here we go. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestivani. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Storm Sestivani, and of course, you're listening to one of the nation's top-rated metaphysical magic shows on the Internet, Keep It Magic otherwise known as Kim, cruise on over to our website at www.keepitmagic.com. Again, that's www.keepitmagic.com. Um, also, cruise on over to our sponsor's website, which is coventrycreations.com. Again, that's coventrycreations.com. If you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem may be, we have a candle for that, so make sure that you run over there and check that out. Um, also, Jackie's website, Jackie, of course, is with me, like always, um, is www www.ask-jackie.com Again, that's www.ask-jackie.com And mine, of course, is stormsestivani.com Jackie, I loved doing our last podcast with you. I mean, you know, as I stated during the show, um, out of all of the shows that we've done over the period of five years, and you and I have done a lot of shows together, (laughs) over 200, um, uh, I think that this subject material in regards to um, psychological hauntings is probably one of our biggest. I think it absolutely rates up there with um, God Wears Lipstick. Yeah. And um, and I, you know what I just realized? I ran last week's show, and I really got to have a script in my hand because I forgot all of that jazz in the opening of the show. I just went right into talking to you. I was so excited about talking to you, I just started talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, I go on autopilot. So, I mean, <laughs> I've been you doing have, this for so long, Jackie. Right, you have you a, a few decades more Yeah, I've got about a thousand, you know, a thousand, two thousand shows, you know, <laughs> behind my belt. So, uh, I'm going to make a recording of me opening the show, I think. <laughs> so that I can just click and, um... And then I won't forget. I get excited. I can't help it. You're going to be haunted by that show for all of eternity. I know. I am. So um, last week's show, or two weeks ago show, sorry, the last show, it doesn't matter how long ago it was because it's a podcast. Yeah, we're a podcast show now, not not a radio show. (laughs) But that was, um, again, whenever we have a big subject we're going to tackle, and we usually know a month or two in advance, um, the universe conspires. Absolutely. We just become a magnetic pole for all things that are on that subject, and we experience it in our lives. And last week, or not last week, I keep saying that, last show, 
um, you started talking about disassociation and explaining disassociation, and I have to say I had a big visceral reaction that I had to kind of why? take off during the show. And so re-explain disassociation. I'll explain it in a second, but why? Um, because that I never connected the dots, but that is the familial response to life. So it's a haunting. It's absolutely a haunting. It is it is what um this is how my father and my mother respond to things. They absolutely disassociate from it. Um that's how my siblings respond to things. Mm-hmm. They don't exist. They One, just don't exist. And and I'm watching my dad do that like right now with my mom. If if to bring it to its basic level and then I will redefine it with of some descriptors. A disassociation is basically when we choose unconsciously. It's when the unconscious makes the choice, not the conscious mind. When the unconscious makes the choice to deny that something exists. Mm-hmm. Um, consciously, of course, we know that um, uh, uh, our wife is upset with this, or our husband is upset with this, or you know, um, our child is you know throwing a tantrum. Usually, with the child, we can hear it upstairs pretty well. But uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know, so we we. Consciously. And with, with my daughter, who yeah. silently screams at you. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, we, we know consciously that something is going on. It's the psychological process underneath that we often disassociate from. Now, let me just give you, you, you know, because we're dealing with hauntings, um, uh, uh, and we talked about complexes, let's say, Jackie, that you have two people that are, rather than using the word complexing out, let's use the word possessed. I want a nastier word to this, okay? All right. And there's two universal figures, okay? There's the universal negative female, which in mythology is more summed up as the Medusa. You know, it is um, uh, uh, a woman that is filled with um, usually violent rage um, that is a result of some form of suffering. Right. You know, that she suffered in some way. She's gone through an experience, and that experience is bad. Mm-hmm. And as a result of it, she views when she, com- when she comes out and she possesses somebody, she's viewing things usually through the realms of her hurt feelings. And then you have a man who, mythologically I'm going to call the Iceman, um, uh, who would, wants to disconnect and or dissociate from any form of um, emotional, sticky, messy, oh my God, needy, um, high maintenance type of feeling that may exist on the planet. So mm-hmm. you have the two of them, they engage in an argument. Okay, They're in the living room, they engage in an argument, and she says, you never validate my feelings. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and says, I'm not dealing with this, and walks into the garage and reads Better Mechanic magazine. And meanwhile, she is there seething, mm-hmm. okay? Um, one of the things, you know, which we discussed during, um, you know, our show maps in regards to the Medusa is that if you look at her story, um, she's in a cavern in the underworld. You know, you, you can't, she's not running around the neighborhood terrorizing people, you know. Um, um, she's usually in her own abode or her own domain, so to speak. speak. And usually something has to come to her in some way or another. Okay. So she's passive, okay. She's not aggressive. Um, it's when you go into her abode and you poke her, 
okay? Um, or she knows that you're there, or she's threatened, or she feels emotionally violated. That is basically where she freezes things to stone. And basically, you know, when the Medusa paralyzes, by the way, she sounds like something manufactured in Detroit, okay? Because she sounds like this. If you really loved me, you never acknowledge anything that I feel. Um, please don't hurt me. I've been hurt enough already. These are what flows out of the Medusa's mouth in that heated rage of that, you know, um, of that moment. And basically, you know, when a male hears that, Jackie, enough times, he becomes so desensitized to it that he then dissociates and invalidates her particular feelings. Now, this happens in our psyche because even every man on the inside, Jackie, has the Medusa alive and well. It's called an anima. Mm-hmm. Um, every woman on the inside has an ice man inside of her, okay? With a man, basically how the Medusa, Medusa I want to say the medulla, I guess medulla oblongata, the part of the brain. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, whenever the Medusa... Oh, you would know <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, thinking breastfeeding doulas. You know, You're like on the brain. Medulla is part of the... It's part of the, the brain. And by the way, how I remembered that in, in, in biology class in college, Jackie, is I did everything mnemonically. Uh-huh. So when you had to learn all the you know, 300 parts, how I remembered that was the Paula Abdullah Oblongata. <laughs> 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 but anyways, you know, the Medusa, when she evokes in a man, she comes out as moods. It's when a man gets really moody. Okay. Um, uh, you know, and you, you, you know, and when men get really moody, it's that <clears throat> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they look like you know they start to puff up, and you think that they're about to enrage, and you know, although that they think that they're they're controlling everything, you can smell the noxious order, the noxious odors, just coming out of them. This is what a woman does. She starts to give her opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the ice man comes out of her. These are these very, very cold, brutal uh, types of um, uh, emotions that, that come out. And, you know, you know, one of the things that happens, Jackie, is that those figures live inside of all of us. You can't escape if you have a body and you're a human being, um, the archetypal negative male and the archetypal negative female. Just like you can't escape the, ar- the archetypal positive male and the positive female, which is Probably Carol and Mike Brady, um, uh, or Claire and Cliff Huxtable, That's or uh, you know, um, who is the other ones? The Keatons, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know the um, uh, you know you know they're alive and well too. But I'm telling you, Mrs. Keaton one day or another was running around saying, "If you really loved me," um, uh, uh, you know. So these particular figures exist. Okay. Now, if you have a lot of Scorpio in your charge or a lot of water, or you have, like, moon conjunct Pluto. <coughs> Jack. Um, uh, I'm sorry, would that be? <coughs> Jackie. Um, uh, the Medusa is a little stronger. <laughs> Just like if you're a man and you have sun conjunct Uranus or a lot of Aquarius or plenty of planets and air signs, um, you, you know, the Iceman is going to be a little bit stronger. <laughs> Um, than, than ordinary, um, you know, and, and just like, uh, you know, if you have the woman with all of those attributes as well, okay, the inner Iceman will be activated. It's easy for her to go into the inner Iceman. If a man has a lot of water in his chart, lots of cancer, lots of Pisces, 
um, you know, lots of Neptune, lots of Pluto. It's very, very easy for that that Medusa figure to come out, okay, in his moods. Um, and you know, and when we go into that, last week we talked about complexing out, Jackie. When we complex out, these characters take over. Very mythic. Very, you can read them in a freaking storybook. They will come out of us. Um, and, you know, and oftentimes, you know, the result of it is two powerful things that we're going to talk about today, which is guilt and shame. Yeah, our least and most favorite subjects. Which are both ruled by one planet, by the way. Do you know oh, which one? Um, I don't. Do you want to take a guess? I don't. <laughs> Saturn. Okay. Explain. Um, Saturn... The best way for me to describe Saturn is that it's our planetary skin. Um, it is the planet that protects us from debris that seems to be flying around. It's also the bridge between the unconscious and the conscious. So every, all of those collective planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, in order for them to come through okay, and activate, they all have to go through the planet Saturn. Um, it's, uh, and if you think about Saturn, it has all those rings around it. Um, uh, you know, it, it is our protective device. Um, uh, it is, you know, usually, you know, it's more concerned about security and foundation and um, keeping the individual in some way structured enough to be able to function. If we did not have a Saturn, we'd all be insane. Okay. Oh. Right. The negative side of Saturn, of course, is that as we go through the course of our life, there's not going to be a place ever in which we don't feel guilt or we don't feel shame. Um, and Saturn is the particular planet that tends to batter in regards to the head. It's also, S-A-T is also the first three letters of Satan. So basically, when... Um, Saturn starts to use his Satan language. Um, he often does it very, very easily through guilt and um, uh, through um, through shame. But it is when we deal. Th- if if you look at the, if you go into Christian mythology, I'll probably get some hate mail there. Um, if you go if you go into Christian mythology. Um, <laughs> uh, if you go into Christian mythology and you look at the word Lucifer which is the Christian's name for the Satan. And who is also um, the light bearer? That is the word light bearer. It means light bearer. So when you get to the root of your Saturn and you deal with Saturn and you integrate its particular aspects, it's actually the part of the chart, Jackie, where you have the gold. Now, your Saturn is in Aries, and it's in your seventh house. Um, and... When you have Saturn in Aries, usually the individual, being individual issues in regards to being able to stand up for themselves, um, oftentimes in childhood they're bullied or they feel outcast in their teenage years. 
Um, uh, seventh house, usually the first relationship is a travesty um, of epic proportions. Um, thank God I have it in the eighth, but it's a whole different bag of ball of wax there. Um, and oftentimes that they feel a little bit inadequate with self-image in regards to their relationships. They will often say, I don't know why my husband's in love with me. I look so horrible, you know. Uh, you know, it's this brutality that begins to... It's like you're pulling words out of my mouth. <laughs> it is brutality that begins to um, occur in one's head about oneself. And the motivation, Jackie, where that is being triggered is usually relationships. And it's usually where Saturn is in the chart is usually where we have the most guilt and shame. Interesting. So where's your Saturn? The eighth house. And that's the house of? Sex. Okay. Yeah. It's, huh. a family, it's the family curse house. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's issues in, re, you, you know, and if you, you know, you know my story pretty well, Jackie. Um, guilt and, and, and shame, um, you know, with being a sexual abuse survivor, um, you can see where Saturn can easily, guide, you know, um, uh, and be very strongly activated. So, so let's, let's jump into to guilt and shame from, from sure. disassociation, which, because I think we do disassociate from guilt and shame. I think that kind of can cause Explain that. Explain what you mean by that. Um, so I'm watching, you know, you get numb to different things. Uh-huh. So, um, like, for instance, someone who is dealing with um, a sick spouse, uh-huh. an ill spouse, um, whether it's chronic or, or, or it's acute, um, it might be a lifetime thing, it might just be, you know, a really hard, hard row, they can start to the healthy spouse can start to disassociate from the the ill spouse um, and what they need or, oh, they're all right or something like that. But I think sometimes it happens out of shame uh-huh. because I think those, which those two things I think are flip sides of the same coin, but because um, it can be too much to handle. That can be that can move from being a, um, a haunting, a, an ethereal ghost, into being a very, very visceral bully mm-hmm. in your life. That it's a poltergeist, so to speak. That's very scary. So I think sometimes we start to disassociate from those things that are really hard. Am I am I on track with that or not? I think that we disassociate from anything, usually that is going to bring us some form of unconscious. Um, uh, a reaction that might shake up the foundation of the psyche. In other words, um, if the psyche is built in a certain way or in a certain dynamic, um, say, for example, you have an individual um, that is extremely earthy, practical, um, you know, they value work ethic and um, uh, financial savings and providing for one's family and, uh, uh, you know, all of those things that you look at and say, oh, that person has a good life. Mm-hmm. Um, but deep inside of them, Jackie, is a deep fear of being in, uh, of not having money and not being uh, 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 stable and being ashamed of possibly being f- f- uh, uh, from a less than um, uh, uh, normal middle class Midwestern upbringing, um, uh, you know, which is considered quote unquote normal, whatever that is in um, in the United States. You know, if you lived in Ohio, you were normal. 
Um, uh, 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 And no one likes to be from Ohio. Just kidding, our Ohio fans. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, but basically, uh, you know, that there may be a lot of sh- guilt and shame. So what one will do is dissociate from the fact that um, that ever occurred, which oftentimes you will strongly see in, you know, one of the areas where I see it, at least, Jackie, is people that have what is called new money. Um, in other words, uh, you know, they, they've gone out, you know, they went in their backyard like Jeb Clampett and, you know, struck an oil mine and now they're loaded, you know. Mm-hmm. And they run around spending like there's no tomorrow. Um, why? Because the fear of the poverty, as long as they're spending, they don't have to face the fact that they were in poverty. So it is a form of dissociation. Um, right. uh, and, you know, we all do it in, in many ways. I was l- listening um the other day to um, uh, a bullying um, uh, podcast uh, uh, that I can't even see, the Inkeo. Um, uh, and uh, basically, you know, one of the things that they brought up, Jackie, is that there seems to be um, a disconnect that's going on because basically... Um, in, in regards to bullying, because oftentimes people will label things bullying if it's happening to them. But when they're doing something to somebody else, then it is called, oh, I'm doing my civic duty. Or, right. <laughs> or you know, I, I'm just getting the word out there. Or um, uh, uh, any time that you do something, in my opinion, to inflict some form of pain on another individual, purposely, in which there is a factor such as humiliation that may be involved with it, or in which you're degrading the human essence of that individual. It's bullying, plain and simple. You know, what's interesting is that, um, granted, I still haven't gotten through the haunting book all the way because I'm stuck on on one part because it's making me think a lot. Yeah. Which is um, the part on, it's it's the chapter of What Goes Bump in the Night. Yeah. And... um, there, he's talking about this, the haunting being um, contagious ideas, fads, fashions, and fears compelling enough um, to launch persecutions mm-hmm. um, and mass mind think group, you know, a, yeah. a lot of mind think on this whole thing. Contingent theory, that's what it's called. What is it called? Uh, the contingent theory. For example, um, we were still in our early 20s at the time. God, that was a long time ago. The the, the Rodney King riots in Los Angeles, um, basically what happened was is that the verdict came out, Rodney King's, um, the police officers that beat him up were found not guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, And one, so you have in a whole city collective this gasp of, oh my God, how could that possibly have happened? And then you have one boy that picks up a brick, one brick, throws it in one windshield, and the whole city erupts in violence. Yes. So you have one person, um, uh, oftentimes, that will do something in regards to fads or in regards to uh, a lot of the stuff that we see on social networks nowadays, Mm -hmm. um, uh, in which you can get very, very caught up in in a a particular haunting. So... So that takes me to bullying. Yeah. And that civic duty that people feel that, that they have and they have the right to bully and, and redefining what bullying is and how all of a sudden an entire school or entire classroom, including the teachers, can get into it. 
yeah. to justify, because they've all justified this. Yeah. They've all rationalized it into a place where the victim is in the wrong. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of how I how I was thinking about that. Now, did, I didn't want to cut you off with the bullying, but that's that's just when you were talking about it, it made me think about that. And one of the reasons I got, kind of got stuck on this um, haunting by fads or contagious ideas and, and being in, in a mass persecution is two words: tea party. Uh-huh. Because, and I'm not talking about being political. I'm looking at this in an anthropological way. Uh-huh. So, looking at the fear-based messages of the Tea Party, which is you're not going to get yours if you are let anyone get theirs. Um, to the point of watching um, an interaction between my husband um, and a friend of his, where where he's saying, okay, let's get this, just prove your point. Let's let's understand what you're talking about here. And, um, and her flipping back and forth within two sentences. And it's all just like fear-based. Uh-huh. Um, and which, which has so many levels. Um, I'm glad you actually brought it up, Jackie, because um, much of politics, whether socialism, republicanism, Tea Partyism, regardless, can get very, very much caught up in a particular haunting. Um, the reason why, if you take even terms that, that distinguish in a separatist sort of way, 1%, 99%, mm-hmm. it is being caught up in a haunting. Uh, 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 now, that's not to say that there doesn't need to be legislation that is done or that the banking industry, which in 2014 is going to get smacked like you won't believe. Um, uh, is that a prediction or something? That prediction, prediction. Um, all of the eclipses that are going on currently in um, Scorpio, they're combined with the planet Saturn, combined with Uranus and square to Pluto. Uh, my feeling, you know, which has to do with um, individual um, power, um, fighting against governmental authority, which is the reason why the Tea Party even exists. Um, it's the reason why Operation Wall, Wall Street exists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, both the diametric opposite of each other. Um, uh, it's still the same haunting. Uh, it's still the same possession. Uh, but I think that these things need to be looked at um, because it's very, very easy to get yourself caught up in um, a very, very easy um, uh, a collect- get caught up in collective possessions. For example, let me give a, a larger example, Jackie. Um, the Germans that were in Germany during World War II, many of them felt justified in regards to what it is that they were doing. Um, uh, you know, many of them thought that Hitler was going to improve the world, uh, despite the atrocities that were going on. They were basically caught up in the collective madness. And whenever we have anything like war or, you know, young defied, defined war as collective psychoses, and I think that many of our wars in this day and age are ideological, not necessarily, you know, um, going overseas and bombing something, although that does happen. But, uh, you know, I think that many of our wars are are ideological. And I think even um, uh, the whole whole issue in regards to, you know, the Tea Party or bullying or whatever thing um, uh, that you happen to be interested in, 
even, even though the, I think that causes are, are, are necessary, Jackie, it gives us something outside of ourselves to look at, be very, very careful that you don't become possessed by it. Yes. That's, that is, um, I just love this term, looking at it in, in different ways. Um, for instance, you can get caught up in a concept like you were talking about. One of the, uh, ideas can haunt you. Yeah. Thoughts can haunt you. I mean, literally right now, I was watching, um, earlier this month I was watching, uh, uh, and talking to Patty and then watching this little video about um, GMO wheat uh-huh. and how um, they, GMO wheat is infused with, and I'm going to say this all wrong, so go look it up for yourself to get it right, um, infused with um, a mold, uh, crossed with a mold, that this mold makes the stomachs of insects blow up if they eat it. So, um, it was a bit mold or a bacteria or something like that. So, um, and now we're finding, and and after that that was created, now we're we're watching um, uh, obesity in our society grow. Uh And um, where people are saying it's, you know, look at at Dr. Oz and his whole focus on belly fat Uh in the stomach, and so your stomach is blowing up. So I, I gotta say I'm haunted by that right now. I was thinking about that as I was ordering my um, hamburger and went, I'll have a salad. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you because it's it's bothering me so much. So that's how. So I think that haunting that fad, the fad of soy wax, which you know, don't even get me started on that, and then the anti-soy fad going on right now too. Mm-hmm. So I that's just a, just a fascinating thought process. So I think that that magically what happens is is this this societal contagious idea fad type haunting um, has this collective energy that you can tap into. And also, Jackie, the thing here is, is I think it's directly connected to guilt and shame. The reason that we get involved with things are often um, yeah. uh, because there is a guilt and shame. For example, um, uh, I know a very, very large, big-time blogger um, that writes an enormous amount about bullying, but she's probably one of the biggest bullies I've ever seen. Um, you know, <laughs> um, baby. Yeah, yeah, I mean the, uh, the, and that's called an enantiodromia, by the way, uh, which means enantiodromia. What? Enantiodromia. Um, it's a Latin term. Um, basically, what it means is, is that the more that we propel against something, the more we become it. Oh, like homophobic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so guilt and shame drives so very, very much. Yeah. Um, you know, let's just talk about as a parent. My kid gets away with so much stuff because she starts to guilt me into it. Now I'm on to her. Yeah. And so um, I'm I'm getting better about that. I've gotten a lot better. Actually, she was pulling one a fast one on me the other day, and I just looked at her and started laughing. Um, but i got to tell you, it worked on me for years and years and years. So as a parent, and then as, and then as a child, we we as we're getting ready for the show, and I'm reading about guilt and shame, and and we continuously call each other and contact each other, going, oh shit, this is shoot, this is a hard book. <laughs> um, exactly. So, and how much that drives our life. So talk talk more about the haunting of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame 
because of the fact that it is the areas of our life that we feel usually the most inadequate or, for lack of a better term, lame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean lame in the Lazarus way. Um, uh, uh, disabled. Yeah, disabled uh, in, uh, in, in some capacity, you know, emotionally usually. Mm-hmm. Um, it is because of the fact that it is the area that we feel the most lame, it's also the area that we feel that we have to overcompensate the most. Um, and as a result of it, because we're so busy doing X, Y, and Z, okay, um, basically that the guilt and shame is actually what is running that rather than necessarily um, uh, some integrated personality-based stuff, you know, where th- that is well-rounded and well-thought-out and, you know, the individual is doing it through their son um, rather than through their Saturn. Um, uh, the sun brings life. It grows. Um, Saturn limits. Um, so basically, uh, you, you know, with hauntings, um, uh, I think that it can be a very, very large um, uh, factor. You know, and, and one of the things that, you know, I see with the Tea Party, for example, you know, that they're very much um, uh, afraid of uh, losing some form of quote-unquote rights, but they're more than willing to remove other people's quote-unquote rights. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you know, um, uh, so the guilt and the shame of a feeling like that they don't have rights, that they don't have a say in things, that they, um, uh, uh, you know, um, feel as feel less than or feel as though not, are not equal to, um, basically puts them into a particular position. When that begins to run the show, oftentimes the things that one is fighting for is oftentimes what it is that one is doing to other people. And I think that that's how it haunts you. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, um, uh, uh, if you have, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a parent that is feeling guilty um, over something that they're not providing for their child, okay, usually it is something that they lack themselves, and that's how the child was able to activate that. And that goes back to what we talked about in our last show, yeah. which was the um, the parental issues being the thing that haunts you first and maybe um, starts to define you early in life. Yes. And so that's how we put it, that through guilt and shame, um, put that upon our children. Yes. Or your parents put upon you, or the proverbial parents put upon the proverbial child. Well, it's why I think that that you know, family curses are, um, uh, or family legacies, whichever word that you want to use, um, uh, is passed down from generation to generation. If you read in mythology the Orestes, which is this horrific play, um, uh, in which Orestes. The, the central character um, is going through, you know, he is the recipient of a family curse on both sides, and it becomes embodied with him, and he goes mad, and he starts running around, and, you know, um, uh, uh, d- demons talk to him, and gods start talking to him, and all this other stuff. Um, uh, and basically, um, uh, it is basically, I think, a, a very strong metaphor, or a very, very strong uh, imagery in regards to what happens to us, regardless 
of who we are as an individual. We can't escape the blood that is running through our veins or our bones, which have been created as the result of two other people coupling. We, we have, you know, we, we have that. I mean, we just, it's, and it goes back generation to generation. <laughs> and the yeah. cumulative can add up and feel like something that's completely insurmountable. Yeah, until somebody has a psychological breakdown. And like I said, it ends up at the psychologist's office. I said that at the last uh, mm-hmm. episode. You know, then they become the identified patient that ends up dealing with it on some level. Or they, become, or they have a spiritual back, uh, breakdown, and, or they, yeah. they have a spirit, create a spiritual journey for themselves to say, nope, I'm stopping this. Uh, exactly. And, and that was my... You know, so many of the practitioners that listen to us, so many of the people that listen to us, they're on their spiritual journey because they want something different. That the the hauntings of their parents, they cannot find fulfillment. Um, yeah, it, 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 exactly. And oftentimes, you know, um, uh, because of choices that they've made in their life, Jackie, they feel guilt and shame from traditional organized religion. And that is part of the reason why, you know, a lot of people are attracted towards metaphysics. Um, uh, You know, it is probably why, um, you know, know, at least to me, of course, I'm not involved in the community, but when I look at the Wiccan community, it's so filled with with people that identify with different sexuality. Um, uh, It is so identified with people that don't, um, uh, dance to the same drumbeat as ordinary garden variety Jill Smith in the backyard, who might be a witch, but we don't know. Um, uh, but you, you know, those that are that are out there about it, um, uh, you know, that there's something different about uh, about them, and um, because of choices that they've made, you know, they believe in an earth religion and things of that nature. What would move somebody to go in that particular direction? I don't necessarily think it's uh, if organized. Um, traditional religion was open, encompassing, and accepting that people would drift into a different ideology. Why would they? Agreed. Agreed 100%. Why would they? Just the clients I had in the last couple of weeks have have showed that to me. And, you know, and and this show is airing right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So this is an amazing opportunity coming up if you're going to um, spend time with your family, and and not all of us do, um, to... um, Take a look and watch some of these hauntings in your life in action. Mm-hmm. Watch not only how they react to the, their smaller world, watch how your family reacts to the larger world, how you react to your family, how, how in sync or how different you are from your family. It's, it, it's, to me, that's some of the first steps of magic mm-hmm. is, is that attention that you have saying, oh, that, that awakening and and I can change these different things in my life. Now, Jackie, one question that I wrote down that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. If you were to start you, Coventry, or some form of online magic course, mm-hmm. how important at this particular point would in the initial stages of teaching somebody how to be an effective magical practitioner, would family legacies, quote-unquote, or family curses, quote-unquote, be in regards to your teaching? Huge. Tell me why. Um, And it's always been. I didn't call it that initially, 
Um, I called it the why is that exercise. Uh-huh. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? And over time, over the past, um, how many years have I been doing this, or even how many years since I wrote Coventry Magic, um, the more I work on this, the more I work, the more clients I work, I hate to say it, but it comes down to childhood. Mm-hmm. It comes down to our initial, our initial training or our initial examples of how to deal with life. And and the initial experience we've had with loving or non-loving environments, with the expectations our our um, parents had upon us, yeah, from birth. And you know, I my article this month um, in, on CoventryCreations.com, if you click on the articles, uh, and you can also find it on KeepItMagic.com. Is letting go of the past. Do you know whose past you're letting go of? And there's there's a picture side by side of myself and my mom. I was in a, a beehive contest, and then there's a picture oh, of my mom Lordy. Um, from when I saw that picture. And it's not it's it's an updo, more of an updo than a beehive. It, it's pretty impressive. Um, and when I saw that picture, I was floored because I to me that was my mother. And then I dug up this picture of my mother, and you have a side by side comparison. Um, and I put that picture for um, this article because um, it had such a reaction to that picture and such a reaction to looking like my mother and being an extension of it, positive and negative, mm-hmm. um, that it just brought up a whole huge slew of of issues, uh, complexes, mm-hmm. um, and even a lot of family legacies. So um, it's it's just, you know, it's... It, it's a collection that these family curses are a collection of beliefs, uh-huh. and um, I, so there's a lot, lot of information in there of, of dealing with it. So I have a lot of, um, and I have some different magic you can do. And 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 one of the things, Jackie, that I think that can happen is that if an individual is born and lucky, luckily enough, they resonate with the particular collective beliefs of the particular family system, then I think that oftentimes that they can get away with it okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when an individual is born and energetically they don't resonate. Right. That's when I think that the problems and the hauntings begin to occur. Agreed. Agreed. So that was, um, and, and, that, and so you know where we experience the most is in family gatherings, especially as an adult. Yes. When we move to the family gathering and we're an adult and we're not in alignment with with our parents' complexes and our parents' hauntings or or the rest of our family, um, you know, we talked about the disassociation. The last family gathering I went to was so insanely disassociated. What am I trying to say? All of my family was acting in this disconnected way. Yeah, and and I I, I see that a lot in 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 a lot of families, Jackie. You know, and you will even hear the languaging before the particular. Say, for example, there's a family reunion, and uh, you know you're upset with your um, uh, uncle for whatever reasons. 
um, you know, and, and a lot of members in the family, um, uh, you know, know that you're upset with them. What they will tell you is, oh, you know, it's only one day. Just let it go. So just let it go. Just get go there and have in. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just try to ignore them if you possibly can. Um, you, you know, um, think of the bigger issue. You know, you're spending time with your family. So there's almost an invalidation that begins to occur in regards to these situations, which is why I think that you have so many dissociated, disembodied individuals at family functions. And then you have, and if you can't, you're shamed for it. Yes. Then don't show up or go sit in the corner. Or they take Uncle Uncle whatever's side because they're embarrassed that you're actually reacting to the... Um, Douchebaggery. I don't know yeah. if I can say that. You might have to believe yeah, you me. Can. Okay, that your uncle is is expressing. Yeah. And you're saying, nope, I'm not going to put up with it. And then you're shamed for it, or you feel guilty for not liking your your brother's behavior, and that you just or don't even wanna... not going. Yep. If you make the choice that you're not going to participate in that. You know, hey, I've been having Christmas and Easter tacos at my family. We have been enjoying the bejesus out of those. Um, I have Thanksgiving lasagna and Christmas yeah. tacos. <laughs> From the Taco Bell? <laughs> no, we actually make them ourselves. That's that good. <laughs> um, well, it might be the Taco Bell mix for the taco meat, but um, but uh, just kidding. Um, but there's there's something I recently learned that I I want to share with you. The last show I talked about how I go to the entrepreneur group and I and I just changed my idea of how I wanted to bring magic into this haunting situation. Uh-huh. And I had something completely different written out until I went to class. And, and I love this because this has nothing to do with spirituality. This has nothing to do with, well, it has some stuff to do with psych, psychology, but but it's, it's more like positive thinking empowerment to run your business. Uh-huh. So here's what they had us do, and, and, and this is, I'm just going to repeat this for everyone else to do. So they had us sit down for about 20 minutes and write down how do I want my personal life to look like or what do I want my personal life to look like in one year uh-huh. and in three years. And some people had it written down like like clockwork and some people really struggled with it. Yeah. And they said just, just make three, maybe four points or however many you want. Actually, I back, let me back up. The first thing they had us do is um, write our our own tombstone. Yeah. What we wanted to be known for in our lives. Mine was kind of cool. My tombstone says, she loved life and made magic for everyone she touched. Now, you know the psychoanalyst in me is about to come out, right? Stop. <laughs> so, so this is what they had. They had us do this, and then they said, how do I want... They had us analyze how we wanted our own personal life to look like in one year and three years. And then they had us do it for our business, but, you know, that's because it was a business class. And then they we had a break, and then they had us write down four limiting beliefs that stop us from achieving this. Uh-huh. What are those? They're hauntings. Yeah. So... And he said, write down your limiting belief or your AFUD, A-F-U-D-S, which is your anxiety, fear, uncertainty, doubt, or suspicion. Uh-huh. What are all those? Haunting. Yeah. Just pick four 
and which you know I had to stop myself. Um, so what limiting yeah, beliefs? Yeah, because we could, you and I could end up with a list of 120. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Between you know individually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those four things that they had us write down. Everybody, as I was talking to everybody, because you know I had to peek at everybody's stuff because I'm a psychological voyeur. Um, everyone, I would had had a had a theme. The last one, either the first one or the last one, was the wrap up of all the other ones. It was really fascinating. Yeah. And um, and so I wrote this down and I said, we're doing a spell right here. Here's what I want to do. Here's my limiting beliefs or my hauntings. Uh-huh. And then from there, they have you put it in your plan. There's a whole um, plan to. So basically, what it is is those are the things. Combining that with what you want to do, those are the things you have to work on. Once you know what you have to work on, then you're set. There's your spell yeah. in that direction. So if it's you know this unworthiness, or you're too afraid, or you're um, or you don't feel that you have the skills or whatever it is, now you know what you have to work on. Now you know where you need to put your energy to make change. And what's that? That's magic. Yeah. So if we were to to just kind of rewrite this as a spell, it would be, what do I want my life to look like in a year? Write down however many points you want to. Four is pretty good. What do I want my life to look like in three years? you'll probably get a few less because a lot of what it is will be the same as year one. Yeah. And then you sit on that for a minute and you talk that out. You really think about what that feels like. Um, and you get excited about it. And don't write it down in five minutes. Take time. They give, mm-hmm. us, they give us 20 minutes to a half hour to really think about and write this out. Um, then once you have this written out, Give yourself a little breather. Go get a cup of tea. Come back, look at it one more time, and write down what you're haunted, what your limiting beliefs are, what mm-hmm. your anxieties and fears and doubts and uncertainties are all about. Then from look at then compare the two of them, and from there you can pull out your spell. You can find your theme, and then from there you can start doing your your um, building your spell. Like the, from the why is that. Um, I mean, what is, actually, it's a simpler way to do the why is that, isn't it? It is. One of the things that I uh, do, because I have a master's degree in Coventry Magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gave it to myself. Um, <laughs> um, I tend to not petition things out the old way, Jackie. What I have now is I have a big, you know, I went down and got a $15 leather type of journal. Mm-hmm. Um and when I'm working with candles or transformational magic, um, uh, you know, basically what I do is rather, you know, if we have a problem, our compulsion is to begin to start to deal with that particular spell from that level. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you, if I'm having a sig- significant problem and I need to go to my magic journal, um, uh, or as you would call it, the Book of Shadows, my Book Your of Shadows. Your personal grimoire. Yeah, my grimoire. Um, you know, what I will do first is I will light an uncrossing candle um, just to get the gook um, mm-hmm. uh, off of me. Um, and then I will go and I will spend, you know, it takes about three days for an uncrossing candle 
give or take, um, uh, to burn through um, if you're burning it just while you're awake. Um, and what I will do, Jackie, is I will go through and take that entire period and process and sort through what are my issues in regards to this situation and get crazy with markers and, you know, um, acrylics and other types of artistic things because it's not made me, um, uh, in order to tap into my inner child. Um, but, uh, you know, basically what I will find is that oftentimes what I initially thought that the problem was, will, is, is that by the end of that particular process, Usually, my spell is something radically different. Yep. Yep. When I when I do healing work in the Akashic Records, and we're about to, um, I'm helping someone let go of something or clear some shame or clear a fear or yeah. rewrite a script. What I do is I have I ask the divine allies that I'm working with, and usually Archangel Michael is in there. Makes everybody really comfy when we do that to take complete authority over whatever it is we're working on. Yeah. And I have them visually move to the side and not look at this and visualize and tell me and describe what their life would like would be like without this fear or this haunting running it. Yeah. And and I said just start talking, just talk to describe to me what what it's like and what it's about and the, and then I say, how much of that is realistic? How much of that is fantasy? And so they talk about that. And then and I give them some time with that. And then I said, now, are you ready to clear the fear that's in your way? Yeah. And so now they're empowered. Now they're ready to go face this, just create this new new energy and this new challenge in their life. And then understanding what their life could be like without it, they get very excited about clearing it. Because sometimes we're so invested in that haunting or that fear that we really we only half we only half half oh Lord help me partially clear it. We hang on to half haphazardly. Yeah. Thank you very much. I don't know what my problem is. I haven't had enough coffee. (laughs) So, um, which is not the truth today at all. Um, So. It, it was just interesting. This is one of my main tools for doing this. And then here I go to my entrepreneurial training session, and they're using these tools, which proves to me that you can live the magic in every aspect of your life. And when you find something that needs to be transformed, yeah, and you take conscious, use conscious action, whatever it is, by whatever means, that's magic. So when you when you live your life purposefully, intentionally, and you are invested in your own personal evolution in any area of your life, you are a magical being. Yeah, and and you know, for example, you know, the reason I use my um, magic journal the way that I use it, Jackie, um, is because my feeling here is is that if I've meditated on something for three days. And I focus that particular energy in regards to getting to the root. And then I go to the actual process of lighting a candle. I don't necessarily have to write that petition. The dang candle is going to not. <laughs> it's going to be infused with three days. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. Now, of course, I will hold the candle and think about, what, you know, basically my purpose with it and stuff like that. But, um, uh, you know, you know, it, 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 it is something that is, um, I think that people need to look at because I think that, you know, like I said in our last episode, um, what we bring to our particular magic is our particular complex. And if you're complexing out 
or um, you're experiencing a haunting, that can affect the result basically of your particular um, uh, of your particular spell. And you know, you will get the you know you know you use the example in the last show, the the guy that. Um, uh, comes and says, oh, I want a girlfriend, I want a girlfriend, I want a girlfriend. And he's getting hit on constantly, yet he doesn't seem to be able to manifest it. The issue isn't getting a girlfriend. There's a deeper, larger issue that needs to be addressed in order to get to that. And most likely, in some way, it is a haunting. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you look at what's haunting you um, before you do anything, Mm-hmm. Um, even a meditation or do your affirmations around something um or or have a um have have to confront somebody or have a difficult conversation with someone take a minute and and think about or write out what's my belief around this mm-hmm. limiting or not what's the belief that I'm working from and keep digging into that what's haunting me you're going to come at it from a consciousness that is super empowering and it's actually something that um Patty and I do all the time with working with staff, working with um, um, our own personal experiences, even working with each other. Uh-huh. Um, and we have to, when we're up, a little upset at each other, um, in our conversation, I go, well, what's my, my underlying reaction to all this? My haunting is this. Yeah. It's very, very powerful stuff, and I think that the more that people begin to engage. Also, you know, if if you don't know what to do in regards to dealing um, uh, with um, uh, with hauntings, or you just want something that can help to trigger it, I think that candle magic is a great way to begin that particular alchemical process to get it going. You know, I would recommend basically like a um, a vision quest candle or um, something or an air candle that's basically going to begin to open up your particular mind. Mm-hmm. To um, uh, to beginning to process this particular stuff, the moment that you deal with it, if you are listening to this podcast, the hauntings are going to be activated. It is sorry, it's true. Yeah, it's just something that happens. You're just you know? going to become aware of it. The Pandora's yeah. box has been opened for you, and now you can see. You see now that the emperor really does not have any clothes on, <laughs> right? And you might see that your baby's not pretty. Exactly. (laughs) Here is the good news. The last two episodes have been rather um, intense. Uh Um, December. For us, too, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to lighten it up in December and talk about success. So um, (laughs) uh, it'll be uh, a little bit of an easier period. We figured, you know, we'll let you all deck the halls. Um, So... <laughs> you know, and begin your New Year's out the, the right way, which I think that talking about success um, before New Year's, you know, everybody after January 1st will be talking New Year's resolution um, ad nauseum, redux, yawn, bore, um, not going to make that type of vow and mess up my spirituality. Um, uh, uh, language. Um, uh, Jackie and I are going to talk about success in December, so um, yep. we don't know what we'll be talking about in, in January, but we're going to talk about that in um, December. Um, cruise on over to our sponsor's website at www.coventrycreations.com to reach Jackie off the air. Of course, go to www.ask-jackie.com. Again, that's www.ask-jackie.com. Mindstormsestivani.com. And what do they need to do, Jackie? They need to keep it magic. Stick life, everybody. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.
feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.